and welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I'm Randall, and I'm your alcoholic host, and quite happy to welcome you to episode 17. I can't believe we're here either, and the reason we are is because of lovely people like you, so thank you. It is Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's completely cool if you want to tell your friends about us. So subscribe and share today. You know I like to mix things up a little bit, so this week I'm reading another of my written pieces. I did this five or six weeks ago with equine therapy, and many of you, well, some of you at least, seem to like it. Next week, we're back to breakfasts with actual alcoholics, and you'll be hearing my breakfast with Matt Anderson, who writes a great newsletter on addiction and recovery. But, without further ado, I hope you enjoy FM Radio, Pennies, and Listening for the Universe. Growing up in 1970s Iowa City, I spent a lot of evenings in my room reading and listening to the radio. KRNA, KQCR, and Q103 in the Quad Cities. I would spin the dial on my clock radio up and down, listening to a song on one station, and then spinning again to check out what was playing on the others. It drove my brother crazy. Can't we listen to one station? I was older, and it was my clock radio, so the scrolling between stations continued unabated. At some point, and this is a bit of a mystery, I did come to believe that the universe might be trying to communicate with me through songs. Writing that, saying that, frankly, makes me feel a little insane. But it is what I believed, and I kind of still believe it today. As a kid, I didn't really understand the point of prayer. I grew up in a very religious family. We were Lutherans and attended the 8 a.m. service every Sunday. And I mean every Sunday and always at 8 a.m. If you'd like a cup full of disdain, mention going to the 10.30 a.m. service to my mom sometime. I was regularly involved in prayer then. I just didn't see the point. A. God was omniscient. Hence, God already knows what's going on with me, and I'm not interested in wasting God's time or my own. B. It seemed insane that you could pray for things and get them. That can't possibly be the way things worked, this 14-year-old thought. At the same time, I did believe in God. I knew there was a force beyond me out there, and there were times I felt really strongly connected. A lot of those times came when I was in church. Sometimes they came during the organ preludes, in the quiet minutes before the service started, or sometimes when the congregation was reciting together one of Pastor Trost's elegantly written prayers. There was a deep sense of calm and well-being then for me, a feeling of peace and connection. And I knew, even as a kid, that was the feeling of being connected to God. I'd listened to what was being read and had immediate reactions when things resonated with me. I knew way back then it was God, the universe, whatever that force is, trying to get something across to me. I remember being struck in my eighth grade catechism class at the beautiful words of Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30. And I had no idea how deeply that message would eventually be interwoven through my life or how it helped me find my way out. Believing that God or the universe might be choosing to communicate with me via FM radio 
did not seem completely outlandish to me. My nighttime radio scanning now had a purpose. There were lucky songs. And when those songs were played, particularly if they were played in a certain order, there was a message from the universe coming through. The first official lucky song, so designated for the 1977-78 school year, was Steely Dan's Pay. I didn't then, and still don't, really have an idea what the song was about. But every time I heard it, I kind of knew things were going to be okay, that things were on the right track, that I was on the right track. And I still have that reaction when I hear that song, even if it's on hold or at the grocery store. The problem with this philosophy, frankly, was interpreting the message. When I heard Pastor Trost's warm baritone voice and tone, Come unto me, all ye who suffer or are heavy laden, and I will refresh thee. Well, I knew what that message was. I was less certain about how to decode the message being transmitted when I heard Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Strange Magic, and Save It For A Rainy Day in that order. Most of the time I was trying to answer questions like, should I ask Patty A to the dance, or does Julie B like me? My system produced murky results at best. Fast forward a bunch of years. I was coming to realize that establishing and maintaining communication with the omnipotent force of the universe can be a little tricky. And by that I mean I was drunk most of the time. When I talk now about the third step, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God, well, there's a practical problem that needs to be addressed right at the start. How are you going to know that you're actually turning your will and your life over to a higher power? And how will you know you're living your life in accord with those principles? That brings me to the topic of pennies. I started picking up pennies when I saw them in the street during the first or second year I was trying to get sober. Why? Well, I collected pennies as a kid, as did my grandfather and he actually put them in his loafers, which I thought was cool. And I guess I've always been a Civil War history buff. I don't know. It was the fall of 2012. My divorce was pretty fresh, and I was about to turn 50. In another attempt at sobriety, I had started an intensive outpatient program. I'd report to a nondescript office building in downtown D.C. five evenings a week for three hours of group therapy, individual counseling, and lectures. My memories of that time are pretty bleak and dark. Most nights, I'd walk home from the IOP, pick up mala chicken from Great Wall, and lock myself in the house, breathing a sigh of relief that I'd managed to get through the day without drinking. Weekends were very long and very difficult. I'd go to AA meetings at the DuPont Circle Club, try to keep myself insanely busy with projects around the house and errands, and take long, long, long walks listening to music. I still have the playlists from that era. The Love I Lost by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Times Like These by the Foo Fighters, and Viva La Vida by Coldplay. You get the idea. One afternoon, I saw a penny on the sidewalk and I picked it up. I was looking at it while I was walking and the thought that popped into my head, maybe pennies are like breadcrumbs. Maybe the universe scattered them to keep me on track. 
Perhaps not a rational thought, but please keep in mind, I was also trying to wrap my head around the idea that you could get sober by following the teachings of a book written in 1939. Spoiler alert, you can. Anyway, I felt like the penny thing was not much more outlandish, and I started picking them up whenever I saw them. I quickly realized that every time I did, I felt vaguely happy, a little burst of hope. I do like to overthink things, and I began to build an entire ideology around picking up pennies. I began to see them as reminders to look around, to be present, to appreciate really little things. Pennies are pretty humble, and somehow stooping to pick one up struck me as an opportunity to practice humility. When I began looking, I saw that there were pennies everywhere. Well, not literally everywhere, but in a lot of places. It's possible that I may have gotten carried away at times and picked them up in situations where I placed myself in physical jeopardy. Like there was one melted into the crosswalk on 7th Street by the Capitol One Arena that nearly got me hit by a car. Quick note. There is also a penny similarly situated in the asphalt at 86th and 2nd. I don't think it's worth your time. I'm often asked, does it matter whether the pennies are heads up or down? In my view, it does not. I don't even really look at them as I pick them up. I keep them for a few days and then put them in a jar and start looking for the next one. I spent a lot of years drinking my life away, piece by piece, drink by drink. And it took me 10 years of rehabs and IOPs and meetings and just about everything I could think of to finally get one year of sobriety. Out of all of that, the thing that saved me, I think, was finding my sense of willingness. I had lost the willingness to believe there was a way out. I had lost the willingness to believe that I still lived under God's care and protection. I had lost the willingness to believe I could ever stop drinking. What I did believe was that the combination of hubris and arrogance and selfishness that had been my life was finally catching up with me. And it was now just a matter of waiting for the wheel to turn and for all of my horrible mistakes to finally consume me. When I look back at that 14-year-old listening for lucky songs all those nights, I see willingness. I see someone who was pretty unsure about where all of this was going. Someone who didn't have a ton of confidence. But I see someone who was always willing to believe that there was a message about to come through and was patiently waiting, spinning the dial on the clock radio until it did. When I heard Peg in the car on the way home from basketball practice, I knew things were okay. I knew they were unfolding the way they should and that I just needed to be patient and have a little faith. It's hard sometimes to think about what had to happen to get me back to that place. It came at a pretty high cost. I see prayer differently now, too. My prayers usually take the form of a running conversation and a commentary with God. I find myself saying, okay, okay, I get it, a lot. I realize now that prayer is the ultimate act of willingness and humility. The act of prayer necessarily acknowledges the existence of a higher power, a belief that the higher power can somehow make life better. 
you can't really pray unless you're willing to believe. Bill W.'s salvation began when he realized it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could begin at that point, upon a foundation of complete willingness. I still love the song Peg, and I always do think something good is about to happen when I hear it. I still don't know what it means. Drawn up in blueprint blue, it sure looks good on you. I still try to pick up every penny I see. I do see them as breadcrumbs, an indication that I'm headed in the right general direction. I notice when there's been a bit of time between pennies. It makes me reflect. Am I connected the way I should? Am I doing the right things? Is there something I need to address? And then I usually find another penny soon enough. I don't know what any of this actually means. But that's not really the point. I think the point is to go through life being willing to believe that there's a message always about to come through. That the things that are supposed to happen generally do happen, even when you really don't want them to. That an open, willing heart is better. That there is beauty and love all around us. And that when I get a little lost, the universe is always willing to drop a few pennies to show me the path back home. Thanks for letting me share. Well, that's another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I hope you enjoyed it. In fact, I hope you enjoyed it so much that you subscribe. And to make that easy, I put a button down there. You can just push it. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> cool. When you subscribe, you get the daily gratitude list, all of the future episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes, the official discography, and so much more. The really great news? You can subscribe today for free. I mean, you're probably also going to be able to subscribe tomorrow for free, but wouldn't today be better? Also, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's totally cool if you want to tell your friends about us. It's thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share on Instagram and Twitter. And I put another button down there to make it super easy to share. So subscribe, like, share, follow, and I will be very grateful. On a serious note, if you need help or want to learn more, nyintergroup.org has a complete listing of AA resources in New York. And there's an intergroup site for every state and a lot of countries. If you want to ask us, we can try to point you in the right direction, too. So that's it. You can look forward to the liner notes for this episode soon. And I'm already excited about the next breakfast. And not just because there are going to be pancakes involved. Until then, be well, stay groovy, go to a meeting, and call your sponsor. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you.